we didn't、uh, talk about it in the book, but he threatens to commit suicide. Yeah. That little shit. It was such a low tactic. Welcome to the Books and Bumrolls podcast. I'm Paulette. And I'm Juliette. Let us start this delicious episode, I hope.、Uh, sorry,、uh, I hear some noise. There is no one at home. Why would you say that to me right now? Oh, do you know that it happens to me? Really? Yeah, when you go, I hear noises. Dude. What do you mean, dude? I'm telling you the truth. Would I hear that? Yeah, yeah, that's some big noise. Always around 10 o'clock, there's someone at your house. Thank you, there's a pervert. I do find like. But my underwear is all disgusting and old. Yeah. If there is a pervert, he must be so disappointed in me. What kind、I'm、of、sorry. fetish is that? <laughs> What? Like he、yeah. would look at you. Of course, he's following <laughs> you. He's a stalker. Yeah. And then he would think, oh, she must have the sexiest underwear.、Yeah. And then he goes in and he just finds just... beige and、ah, big and cottony. <laughs> goes right up to the like, waist. Not, not the waist. The waist is alright. l、like, um, Up to the fanny. No, wait, I have it. Mon m b r i l Oh, yeah. your buttonhole. <laughs> Your belly button. <laughs> buttonhole. Yeah, the buttonhole. We're gonna call it right now the buttonhole from this day onward. Yeah, goes right. I'm not liking the sexy high waisted、uh, no, underwear. No, the kind that cuts you, sort of. <laughs> cuts and your gives belly. You, like, underwear that gives you muffin top. Oh man, I disgusted my. I kind of feel bad for myself right now. Write him a letter of apology, I tell you. Oh, I am. I'm gonna, I'm gonna leave it like with the old buttonhole cut and underwear. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, we digress. Yeah. What are we doing today? We are doing the dangerous liaisons by. <laughs> What? By Sixpence. The same guy that did Sixpence. Yeah, that guy, that one. You know, he's very. Okay, I. I It's sp- uh, Stephen Frears. Frears. Yeah, I knew that because I just wrote his ass in YouTube. <laughs> you look like you do, yeah. Yeah, totally. So it was、oh, out、man. in 1988, and actually the other one, Valmont, is out in 1989. It's almost the same. Yeah. That is so surprising. Yeah, it was kind of a hype, so I didn't know that. I thought that this film that we just watched、yeah. is an adaptation of、uh, Les Liaisons Dangereuses of the book. Yeah, me too. But apparently, as we saw in the、uh, credits here,、mm. uh, it's an adaptation of the play by Christopher Hampton, and the play itself is an adaptation of the book. Maybe the play, I mean, I know that the play was so popular. All right, so maybe it popularized a book that might not be accessible to everybody. I'm sure it isn't. The book itself is not an easy read. We read it. It's not. Although we don't know how it is like in English. I don't think it would be easier in English. No, to really get the spirit of it, you must keep the deliciousness of the language. Of French, yeah.、Mm. I don't think you can measure. No, it's so different. Yeah, it's.、Um, French seems to be a language made for these things. For perversion? <laughs> no, for delicious language. <laughs> deliciousness. That too, although. <laughs> I mean, they do have a reputation. It doesn't come from nowhere. Oh, yeah. You know how they speak so casually of、uh, there's no glory in、uh, cheating、uh, a husband, like、uh, in cuckolding a husband when she tells、yeah. him, like, it's nothing. A husband. <laughs> it's done every Thursday of the week. <laughs> it's customary. <laughs> Marriage has no sanctity there. No, not at all. No, I think it is also an error. We must、uh, take into account that it was,、uh, I think, Les Liaisons Dangereuses is supposed 
to take place at the end of the reign of uh, Louis XV, uh, Louis XV. So it was kind of a degenerate reign, and himself, the king, was a degenerate. Oh, he was. And he died from, uh, I think, the same malady that uh, Madame de Merteuil has, which is Isn't la petite vérole. Isn't that what is, they call the French disease? Yeah, it's a, it's an STD. I don't know yeah. how to call it. C'est la petite vérole, so it's uh, you lose an eye and a leg. <laughs> you lose an eye and a leg, and you get ugly, and you be in debt. That's, that's the... <laughs> yeah, because it's said that uh, Louis XV, he, he was, like, stinking up the... Not his room, yeah, yeah, like yeah. the <laughs> when he died. <laughs> oh, Lord. Yeah. So, Madame de Merte. Anyway, uh, so let's go to the, just the film. What did you think? Just uh... It was magnificent. The settings were so beautiful, you'd think these places don't exist. They do exist. I cannot believe. You know what I can't believe? That yeah. people actually lived in there. Yeah. As in lives. They woke up in these Normal beautiful lives. There, it's very strange. When you look at it, you think it's a historical building in our time. It's something to be preserved and looked at and admired. But not something to live in and sleep in and right. use the chamber pot in. We don't have anything like that. What do you mean you, it's sad. we don't? At our time. Oh. What is the beautiful thing of the future? We're oh, making that you now? think people would be amazed yeah. at seeing. We have metal oh, and man. glass. Yeah, there are theatres, but I think the beautiful ones are maybe the old renovated ones, like the ones that are used today, but yeah. they must be old, and opera houses and places like that. Uh, old cinemas also, I don't think the, the new ones are worth anything. Nothing. I don't know, someone's gonna visit the subway. And <laughs> <laughs> what the hell, what do we have? We don't. I don't think... Mentality has changed. We don't build for the centuries anymore. No, not even the houses. I mean, if we're talking like we, you were saying that people lived there in these beautiful... Of course, privileged people. Yeah. But still, today, everything is built to be destroyed as yeah. soon as possible. Exactly. Nothing. Even privileged people, I think... Yeah, where do they live? Privileged people. Not that we know. We're in a cupboard, but... Yeah. <laughs> where do they live? I'm thinking mansions in Hollywood or something. Yeah, but, but nothing think, uh, beautiful, nothing historical. Nothing no you would you would think people would visit someday. Oh, that is so ridiculous. Well, we went on. <laughs> we went on about that. Yeah, um, so yeah we were just so amazed about the because they filmed in on, in France in real uh, locations, uh, chateaus and places, a studio maybe, but not a lot. And the costumes, I, I'm sure they were really. Oh my. Goodness, the costumes. This is the first scene. It's actually actors putting on costumes, but for their real life. They're setting up their characters. Uh, Madame de Merteuil and Valmont with this opening scene where they get up with his whole ceremony as if they were royalty. It took seven people to wake Valmont up. One holding... <laughs> Uh, I don't know what it was that he did with that uh, rag. or Rag? How dare I? I'm sorry. It was cleaner than myself. <laughs> It was a handkerchief. Yeah. Whiter than your face. With, what did he do with it? No, what did he do with it? I cannot really answer you because the he servant did. gave it to him <laughs> and he took it under the cover. So I don't he know did. what it was. Lordy. Don't want to know. What does either. that Valmont do in his bed? <laughs> Valmont, I mean, what do you expect? Yeah, it's Valmont. Do you know something else I liked in that scene? It was the same. They are both getting dressed and ready for the day and for society. But there was a subtle difference. We see Madame de Merta already up and about. This is Madame de Merta, I think, even in her private setting. Yeah. She's already set. She was born ready. Oh, she was born ready, Madame de Merta, until she wasn't. <laughs> uh, I, didn't, I didn't see that, but yeah, uh, good point. What did so... you think about... Sorry. Yeah, go uh, on. About this Madame de Merta. Right, I was going to ask uh. that, actually. <laughs> Uh, I loved her. Oh, really? Yeah, I loved the actress. And I mm -hmm. loved something 
that maybe reading the book, I would have thought that Madame de Merteuil needed to be extra charming. Not extra psychotic. Oh, this one added the psycho... Like, really, there was a big dose of psychotic <laughs> in her. <laughs> there was. And you said at the beginning of the movie, oh, this is Madame de Merteuil, like, she would never get away with it. Yeah, that's what I thought. You thought, like, being like that in society, people would be onto you. She's blatant about it. But, okay, so there are scenes where she's blatant in the way she behaves with uh, Valmont. In yeah. public, and we're talking in public. Yeah, in private, especially can... that. In public, like, the closeness and the looks, the looks. And the whispering. When you think that people there, they are so... They have nothing to do, so they're watching you. Yeah. They're watching you carefully. And as we know from uh, Madame de Merteuil, from her letters, she is prudence itself until the end when she wrecks her life. But mm -hmm. then she's really... She knows what she's doing. And she is extra charming to the old ladies, to the priests, to people with a moral authority. Here in the film... We see her, yeah, she's amiable with uh, the only friend we see her with, Madame de Volange. We don't mm. see her have interactions. You know what? Oh, true. You know what? I just realized that. We don't mm. see her have any interactions with anyone else. In society, she's with Valmont. That is true. Mm. That's why we don't have an idea of her social standing. So this is one of the things that I didn't like about her. But she was a tremendous actress. Yeah, Actually, amazing. in this movie, there is so many great performances. I'm mm. going to tell you why you hated Uma Thurman's performance. Yeah. I think... Uh, oh, sorry, I didn't check that. I should have, because I think it was his, her first movie. And if not, one of her first, for oh, sure. She's so yeah, young. Yeah, she is so young. That's true. She is so young. And actually, Danceny, Keanu Reeves... Keanu Reeves, too. <laughs> uh, ...is young, too, but he's good. She's he young good. and not good. That's the thing, she wasn't good at all. She didn't give the... Um, Cecile resisted and was ignorant. That's, that was the main quality about her. She doesn't, she doesn't know anything. And this one didn't give the, the she doesn't know anything feel. She looked a bit too adult too. I didn't, uh, uh, this Cecile I didn't like at all. Uh, how about, uh, yeah, this uh, Valmont, what did you think? What do you think we I have thought? Many, we have theories uh, about this man. Yeah, Nothing. we do have about um, John Malkovich. <laughs> Okay, so the theories come from our watch of Portrait of a Lady, because he did very weird things. And that made weren't them, in the book. That weren't anywhere, I think, in no one's mind, ever. <laughs> it's him, it's purely him, and he made them work. And we thought, maybe it's the director, or he. there was something, we didn't know. I wanted to credit the director, because the yeah. first time I saw this kind of performance, and we read carefully the book, we loved it, and yeah. I, I loved it. We saw Gilbert Osmond, a new one. I mean, not a new one. He added some vicious little things to it. Such and physical. Details. And weirdness. Weirdness. He added yeah. weirdness. And intelligent weirdness. Like something you'd think someone might do. But who the hell would think of doing that? <laughs> a sick mind. That's who. I'm and sorry, thought, John Malkovich, but... Yeah, because... At first we said, oh, maybe it's great directing, maybe yeah. he, uh, he was given a hint by a director. Now we see him in another movie. Again, wasn't it the book? <laughs> he hissed at oh. Madame de Boulange. <laughs> that hiss was so... I think we watched, it, we watched it three times. Yeah. It was so beautiful. Now we can testify. <laughs> I testify. It wasn't in the book. <laughs> so do I swear. What, what did he do again? He battered Madame de Tourvel. Madame de Tourvel, he battered her. in And he stomped his feet, yeah. his foot, in a weird way. As a child. Remember what I told you from yeah. the book that he gives you a childish impression? He oh. did it with that stomp. Who stomps? 
and the the tongue thingy with Cecile <gasps> taunting her after the rape at yeah, breakfast. Yeah, so he rapes her and then at breakfast while they're eating meats, as if she's not disgusted enough. And she, yeah. I'm sure she's nauseous now. Yeah, <laughs> Sleeping with Valmont, then there's meat. <laughs> no more meat, please. <laughs> a meat pie at breakfast, and yeah. then Valmont does like a gesture, a disgusting gesture with his with his tongue, as if. Yeah, I don't know. with his very red lipstick too. Uh, the thing is, this actor is unique because he has something effeminate in his uh, mannerism. At the same time, there's something seductive in it. Uh, in a heterosexual way, I'm talking, not yeah. seductive to a man. No, yeah, yeah, to yeah. me. I thought it was... He gives off a vibe. I don't think I'm gonna ever see a better Valmont. Overall, I, do, I, I like the other movie. And the other one is Colin Firth. He's amazing no, too, from Colin what I Firth, remember. I mean, I don't, I don't want to talk about the next episode, yeah. but Colin Firth, no way he's gonna be vicious. He can't. No, no, he can't. He's, he's Mr. Darcy. He's Mr. Darcy. But this one, no, this, this one was one. born to play this role. <laughs> These kind of roles, apparently. <laughs> so whenever he batters someone for no reason, exactly. not he batters... Is it a subtle kind of um, petty violence? Petty violence, thank yeah. you. When he breaks up with Madame de Tourvel. You know, in the letters, it was a rhyme. It was kind of some sort of small, mean poem. Mm. The way they did it, because it's not easy to do, you know, transform a poem into a scene. Yeah. And they did it. They did it. And it was believable, because you think, you know, he's gonna break up with her in rhyme? What the hell is that? It's not no. gonna it's gonna be ridiculous, grotesque. Yeah. No but it, it wasn't. worked. It was heartbreaking. And it was because of him again, I think. Oh the performance of the actor. Yeah yeah yeah. He pulled it off. And Michelle Pfeiffer of course. Of she course was, oh, but her role yeah. was clear. She would ha- she would be heartbroken and she yeah. would be humiliated and all that. But him it was difficult because at the same time he was conflicted. Yeah we you, you do see that he has difficulty getting the words out. The mean words. Yeah, but he does and he pushes it. More, the more he does, the more he speaks, and the more he sort of gets into it. He gives these little pauses where he kind of thinks of the mean things to say. Yeah. As a man on a mission, because Madame de Merte sent him on a mission, that's it. Yeah. And he comes and he thinks a second and he tells, why don't you take another lover? He just thinks of it. On, on the spot, he thought of it. And he thought, oh, that's extra mean, I'm going to say it. <laughs> The masterful performance is the actor says it as if regretting it at the same time and not enjoying it, but he has to do it. Uh, so let's go back. Where? Oh, I just want to... Um, because there is a bit of a change and I think they added extra motive. Just from the opening scene uh, after the, the first meeting with the Madame de Merteuil and uh, Valmont, uh, when she gives him the mission, she tells him that the man who is to marry Cécile is the man who left her and took that fat mistress of yours. So that's extra motive, because as we said in the book, it seems uh, the slight Madame de Merteuil had from Gercourt, who is now called Bastide. I don't know why the change, I have no idea. Maybe it comes from the theatre. Yeah, but why would you anyway? Maybe Gercourt is difficult to pronounce, I don't know. But they added something else that I forgot now. Uh. Oh yeah, so they added, no, no, not, not extra motive. They added something, which is a single beautiful scene. Actually, a single shot where we see uh, Valmont starts talking to uh, Merteuil and then he goes in the background and we see her and she stays very close to the camera in the foreground and we see her reaction and, of course, the performance. Reaction to what? Explain it. Yeah, yeah, I'm going to go to it. So when he comes after having slept with Madame de de Tourvel for the first time, he comes completely under her spell. Yeah, amazed. And he, he unpacks everything in front of Merteuil. Yammering about. Yammering and cannot stop himself. Yeah. She's happy for him, like at the beginning, as if, oh, so you were up to the challenge. Okay, just tell me, don't go into the details, but tell me 
what was the the fact of how did it happen and all of that. And he goes on and he tells her, and then we see her face change. He tells her that it was the most... Um, he had the feeling he never had with anyone else before. And we know that w- they were lovers. Yeah. And it it implies he, that she didn't. She doesn't live up to Madame de Tourvel. They proved. No, no, apparently not. Because he did yeah. tell like her candor was yeah. exceptional. The fact that she resisted so much. But then she's a passionate woman. So even when she was passionate about her religion and all of that, and her virtue, <laughs> but then when she gave it up, she decided that why she was doing it. And then she gave. She kind of went all all in all for that. Yeah, for the debauchery too. She mm-hmm. went all in. <laughs> so. In a way, making Madame de Mertin understand that you or your artificial ways are not up to someone who's sincere. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In this movie, we do get the absolute rage of Madame de Mertin in the end. Because in the book, you sort of don't understand, as an intelligent, uh, masterful woman, why would she risk everything with a man that has everything on her? That could destroy her with a few words or a few letters. Yeah, we were perplexed by it. Exactly. In here, that scene, as you said, really adds a very good motive. And the other scene where he tells her Danceny left her so easily for Cécile, the second Cécile came back, she was so sure that Danceny was devoted to her. But the second the younger, more beautiful Cécile came back, he went back in a heartbeat. You understand her rage and her thoughts of revenge in this moment. I think they added something very intelligent. And I think, yeah, it was lacking in the book because we didn't understand how she would just sacrifice her whole... Mm-hmm. She devoted her life to build up this, this persona. And then you're just going to give it up. Yeah, for a slight. Which, isn't, which doesn't make sense because even her revenge are us- usually more... Subtle. Her scheming is really extreme, yeah. as we saw in the book with um, Monsieur de Prévan. Yeah, and even how she played Madame de Volange, it was subtle. Yeah. It was intelligent. At the end, what she does with Danceny is kind of uh, telling, uh, taking Valmont for granted too much. A woman like uh, Merteuil would not do that. I think she would understand that he has something, that she cannot put him, put his back to the wall like that. Yeah. He will react, and he did. And all of that for what? For taking Danceny as a lover, like, uh, and not giving him his knight? That's all he, that's all, yeah. that, that's all he wanted. <laughs> she gave her word that she would, and she didn't keep it. That's yeah. all. And we don't understand. Here we understand, because it, it's all about pride with her. It is. She's very... There. We talked about the arrogance, this, uh, the arrogant streak in her. Mm. In this case, to be proven not once but twice that she doesn't measure up to one very young and experienced idiot and the other one a prude. Yeah. It must have smacked. It's humiliating for her. It is. And both are done in front of Valmont because the intelligence again of the movie is doing the second scene where she, he finds Danceny in her arms <laughs> and he comes and tells her tells Danceny that Cecile is ill and Danceny just for, in front of everyone just yeah, forgets just... the presence of, of Merte. Oh man, that was very Oh, was Cecile terrible. is ill, I must go to her. She completely forgot yeah. about Merte. And again, we see her face. She... Her face does things like with um, just silent and almost still that you understand that she's devastated. It's very strange that we understand and that Valmont in that moment didn't. The dense, dense man. Valmont is really dense. Oh, yeah. You know, I think for me the best thing in the movie was Valmont. Oh, yeah, absolutely. In this one we completely agree. He was so unique. But he is Valmont completely. He absolutely owned that role. He is Valmont, but also so different from Valmont because you, from the yeah. book you could imagine Valmont being this uh, 
uh, handsome, very handsome, very uh, fashionable man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This one is fashionable, but he's kind of balding and he's thin and he has yellow teeth. Maybe that was very handsome at the time. Yellow teeth, yeah, I'm sure. I mean, everybody had them. Yeah. Maybe, maybe if you don't have more than two teeth missing, yeah. it's amazing. You're a handsome man. Yeah, you are a very handsome man. You still have seven. Right. Uh, what else? Oh, you know one thing I loved in the movie? Yeah. There was a bit of a choreography going on. A bit oh. of, um, yeah, like funny choreography going on. Especially with Venmo. Like the scene where he gives the... Tries very hard to give the little... To dance Cecile. And she makes things very hard because she doesn't realize that his wave is something right under her nose. And he does this whole plan with her shawl. There is a whole choreography going on with him hiding behind the doors and paravents so Madame de Valence wouldn't see him. Yeah. Yeah, I thought that was really great. Great. Uh, I like that yeah. uh, trait in Valmont being very agile. <laughs> he strolls a lot around yeah. the room and he does things and he knows how to... Uh, but I thought I, I loved even the despicable scenes with him. Mm. They don't... He doesn't do it halfway. Like, the rape looked oh. like a rape. It didn't it look did. like anything else. No, yeah. It was disgusting. As it was in the book. But they could have... Uh, because I think the view of the film is making Valmont more palatable. Towards the end... He is the best character. Yeah, he and is. And that's what you said in our episode about the book, because you were thinking about the movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I had maybe an impression from the movie. But why do, do they have that same impression too? I think it's a choice. This thing of letting himself be killed yeah. was not in the book. No, I don't know why I got the impression. I have to research that. Maybe I'll talk about it again in the next episode. You got it from the from the this film. No, maybe there is something in the book. Oh, Even maybe though, something yeah, we missed. But something I missed. Something I am sure wasn't in the book is the letters on him. Because yes. if he takes the mm. letters on him, meaning his planning, but in the book, no. They took him back to his place, and then he took out the... He asked the servant servant to bring the letters, gave them to Dosni. Yeah. So maybe it wasn't a forethought. Maybe, maybe. Def- yeah, yeah, yeah. When, this is a good argument for it not being a plan for him to die. But I, I think still... it's a possibility for him to die. He knows yeah. it's 50-50. Yeah, definitely. Maybe more because, I don't know. Dansney is younger. Yeah, Dansney is younger and a chevalier and uh, him having the very dissolute life he has. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and another thing that made him a better man here is asking Dansney to go see Madame de Tourvel. It wasn't in the book. It wasn't in the book and it was a great ad. Because and this Madame thing Tourvel... of saying, saying out loud that he loved her and didn't have a moment's happiness after her, after breaking up with her. Yeah. So kind of saying that uh, he went towards, yeah, willingly towards death Mm. because of that, because of what he did to her, because he knew she was dying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. there was this montage that gave that feeling that... Oh, definitely. Yeah, that he sort of didn't want to stay if she wasn't there. Right, but that's what I liked because... At the same time, they didn't try to make those scenes that were in the book more palatable. The yeah. rape was a rape. The way he treated the servant, the, the girl, we didn't talk mm. about that. Because mm. in the book, he also says as if he were graceful not to have raped the servant. Yeah. Uh, there is this scene with um, him going into Bargen, into his manservant's uh, room, because he knew that Madame de servant, Julie, would be there. And he tries to blackmail her, of course, and... 
he writes to Madame de Merteuil telling her, like, I was, I could have raped her then and there. Do you remember that in the letter? No, he I said, don't. Oh, he's a serial rapist. Like, he, he considered it. Although she's a servant, I think at the time it would have been completely... Oh, completely absolutely nothing. Not expected, actually. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, because uh, here also I liked it. Yeah, but uh, the first thing she thinks about is that he wants to rape her. Yeah. And she just lies down. She lies down because yeah. she knows in his position there's, there's nothing she's going to do. absolutely nothing. Yeah, I liked uh, also the scene where we see him do the charitable deed. Oh yeah, it was very uh, tear-jerking thing. It was perfect. Perfect to work on Madame de Sorbel. It did well. If her servant wasn't an idiot, he would have seen through it. <laughs> yeah, like uh, fat and running and making a lot of noise. She yeah. chose the wrong one. Oh, you know what? I thought about a detail that I saw in the, in the movie and I actually... Um, thought about it whenever we watch anything period drama the way they um, they write letters and read in front of each other like there is an assembly I mean yeah. they're there in the evening together they're all at Madame de Rosemont and there, someone is writing a letter another one is reading and someone is sitting in front of you and you're still reading mm. and you told me when I said that I think it was Pride and Prejudice mm. that it was Kind of, you're not expected to entertain your guests if they're staying for. If I it's did. A long stay. Uh, I did read that that if it's a long stay, especially at the how do I say countryside, yeah, especially if it's instead at a countryside house, which would be for maybe two weeks and on. If you have a party, it means you have a few events, a few some I don't know like uh, games or promenades or whatever organized. But the rest of the time, you're not really responsible for your guests. Everybody entertains themselves and have conversations and do whatever they want. Yeah, I yeah. like that. But then I thought of some... I don't know if we said that on a podcast or what, or just a conversation uh, between... Uh, we said that about uh, the phones. And I told you, like, oh. I hate it today yeah. when people are sitting together and they're all on their phones. But actually, it is, isn't uh, it the same? No, it's different because right now we don't have these sort of garden parties. It's not... You're not expected to entertain your guests because they're here for two weeks. Right. But not during dinner. So I, I think it's kind of a difference because you have them for so long. You can't be expected to manage everybody's time. Yeah, yeah. I get it. Like, uh, of course, it would be too much to ask of a hostess. Well, first of all, she receives you for a week. Exactly. So just <laughs> shut your ass. Seek Jane again. <laughs> here she comes. <laughs> yeah. Madame de Rosemont was receiving a lot of people. Oh, Madame de Rosemont is certainly not delightful little cute thing here. I liked her yeah. and she reminded us of yeah. something that was in the book and we didn't talk about it and it was really interesting and kind of a piece of wisdom from an old lady. Yeah, she was right about that. Yeah. Yeah, when she gives the advice to Madame de Tourvel when she gives her gives up her secret, she says she's in love with Valmont she tells her that men don't love the way women do. Actually, they she, don't tells have her, it. she tells her, do you think men love as we do? And that they don't have it in them to stay faithful to one person. It was so cute because you kind of imagine Madame de Rosemont having lived a life and having have adventures and lovers. I love that. <laughs> that she when came I see... by this knowledge. Oh, she came by it the hard way, I'm sure. <laughs> yeah, she did. Madame de Rosemont was the party girl of her time, maybe. But uh, actually, her idea was that women enjoy giving more than men do. And here, I'm not mm -hmm. saying it's, an, it's a fixed uh, principle or anything. Yeah. I'm just saying that's what she said. We can uh, discuss it. It is uh, illustrated in the film by the way Madame de Tourville behaves because when she gives up 
what's more most valuable to her and we understand why it would be her virtue why it would be her reputation yes, the most course. valuable thing to mm. her when she gives it up it's not for herself because no. i think she was tempted by valmont from the first second yeah but because when, of the vibe because of the sexy vibe <laughs> the weird sexy vibe yeah i mean really imagine uh being entangled in a relationship with that kind of man and i think oh, uh around you i think around you no one would understand like i would see yeah. you with him and me not being under his spell i wouldn't i would just see a man with ruffles and makeup i wouldn't understand <laughs> what the hell are you doing and you would try to make me understand like yeah i swear there's a thing there's a th- you don't see it <laughs> you just see in the yellow teeth with the uh, ruffles but you don't know how he is Oh man, but how would you react? Let's say in that scenario, I am under the spell of such a man. Yeah. And I tell you, would you believe my ass? I think I would, but then I think he would get that from me. Like he would get the the vibe from me that I don't trust him, and then he would hiss at me, and I would, <laughs> <laughs> I would run. Run like Madame de Valence ran. I love that scene, because he just hissed at her in such a w- snaky way, and she just ran for it. And you said, oh, she just ran. I said, of course she would. What What would you do? You'd leave the house. I would leave the house. <laughs> Oh man, it was that was just so beautiful. I really doubt there's any director in the world that says no. I don't know, like uh, okay, so you go out, go out, and for no reason whatsoever, you give a hiss to Madame de Volant <laughs> because she's coming to check on someone. I can no. swear. I mean, maybe there's a way to get uh, the script if we can find oh, it. Oh yeah, we'll, we'll check if there is a hiss there. You know what? We must. <laughs> we must. I'll check. Uh, yeah, I was talking about um, this. Uh, so Madame de Tourvel, when at last she gives up. It's when she's convinced that Valmont's life depends on it, which is strange a strange belief to have. <laughs> oh my goodness. That was that's one of the um innocent, stupid, naive ways that women are kept in, were kept in ignorance. As Madame de Rosemont says, her wisdom comes from years of experience and observation. Mm. But women at the time didn't know any better. They really thought it was true. We didn't uh, talk about it in the book, but he threatens to commit suicide. Yeah. That little shit. It was such a low tactic. And she said something. Uh, she said that, um, I will give you happiness. As if she's going to live for that now. So here too we have this theme that... She's not taking anything for himself for herself. She's just giving in for him, for his happiness. I think she must get something from it. It's just that she wouldn't have done it just for herself. She needed convincing and the convincing would have been my happiness depends on you. Yeah. Would you would you deprive me? Would you kill me that way? <laughs> Help me. <laughs> Help me. So she believed him. But I think in the end she must have gotten pleasure from it. Yeah, for sure. I mean, of course you get pleasure from it. Sexuality is sexuality no matter what the time or the education. Where you... In it. Especially that she desired him, I think, she from did. the beginning. Yeah, the vibe again. Yeah. But I think the lack of education makes it that the vision is warped. Uh, yeah, she really believed that uh, he was about to off himself for her, for heartbreak. But then again, she died from heartbreak. So what are you going to believe? Yeah, exactly. No one does that shit. Come on. Uh, although they hear in the film, they kind of spared Madame de Merta a bit. Yeah. She didn't lose an eye. She didn't lose an eye or get disfigured. And didn't lose and, her fortune. Yeah. We, we don't get really the detail, but that last scene was really... Enough. Uh, yeah. Enough being, of the humiliation. Oh, Lord. Being booed by a hundred of people. We all made up and... Uh, Although ready. I would have liked it better if they didn't do the booing. Oh, why? 
I would have liked it that better if they did it exactly as it was described in the book. Because in the book, she doesn't understand right away. Yeah. She goes to uh, after in the uh, the interval yeah. in the opera. So she goes to a place where she's used. She almost has a seat there. Mm. She sits down and people start getting up. Yeah. Oh That's my God. the horrifying detail. And you don't get it right away. Maybe... She, and then she tries to uh, yeah. to hold her head high, but it's no use. And then the then murmuring, the and then the looks, and then they kind of shout her out. Yeah. But the progression, I would have loved it. Yeah, 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 it's true. It was nice. Uh, it was it was good, as in horrifying, but it could have been better. Uh, I absolutely loved the scene where she breaks down for the first and only time in the movie. When... Yeah, but wasn't it too much? I hate breaking shit in movies. No, I think people do do that. At people at after some... watching movies, <laughs> no, at some loved one's death. I did hear a story, but well, going right towards your uh, your perfume. And no, stuff like breaking break. something, breaking whatever is uh, whatever is uh, beside you, doors, windows, whatever the hell, walls. I never, I never heard of anyone in life doing it. I only see it in movies, like wrecking your room. I liked it. I'm not, I know, uh, maybe not the exact thing, but I liked that she lost composure. Mm. Only at that. At what? At, I think it was Valmo's death. It was because she heard of Valmo's death. It couldn't have been anything else. Yeah, it couldn't have been anything else because she didn't know about the letters before going into society. Yeah. So it was Valmo's death that really broke her. Do you think she really loved him? Well, the only thing that is really different from the f- from the book here in the film is uh, talking about love. She tells him twice, I think, that she loves him. Yeah. I still love you. We had love. I was happy with you. She tells him that. Of course, in her way, it doesn't sound as sentimental yeah. as I am saying it. Yeah, more manipulative than Psychotic. anything. Psychotic. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, vicious. Vicious. She can't help it. <laughs> Even a declaration of love becomes psychotic she with her. She makes it so dangerous. Like you fear for your life if she says, she, I love you. Oh, she's going to do something. She's going to do me in. <laughs> yeah, it was... Um, uh, it was a lovely movie. I have a, I had a great time. Yeah. Um. I, I don't know. I hope in the next one we do, Valmont is not painted as, um, as nicely at the end. I don't remember. Don't tell if mm, you know. I'm not gonna tell you. But uh, if I had the impression I had, is I think it's the same. Oh, okay. So they're yeah. trying to make him more pal. I don't know why. I'm not sure I remember exactly the portrayal of Colin Firth how it is, but I think it's good. Okay, because I think Valmont from the book is not as villainous as Merteuil. But still, he's not a good man here. Yeah. Well, here, he's not a good man either. But at least, at least, he's aware. Yeah, there are slight details that make him more human. Less dissolute, less of a vicious nothing. No, he, he is dissolute and vicious and all that. No, but you, you so there are some details that make you understand somehow. What I got from it is mm. weakness. Definite weakness. Oh, yeah. From the film, the way... You know, at some point, she almost makes him cry. Just with her words. Yeah. And the acting again, I cannot yeah, get yeah, over yeah. it. It's oh, so yeah. good. That scene because he has that trembling in the in the chin that yeah. children have. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he had a bit of slightly sweaty sort of skin. It was amazing. And you know what the irony is? At the start of the movie, when he was talks, trying to seduce Madame de Tourvel, he says so. He says that his dissolution is a part of his, uh, is because of the weakness of his character. That he gets influenced by his friends in Paris and that now he's going to be influenced by her. Absolutely. Yeah. He said it as a lie. He said it as a lie, but it might have been truth. Apparently it was. Yeah. Well, we'll see what happens. Uh, are we done? Uh, 
did we I think we covered everything I hope we did well let's hope we love the next one as much as we did this one I am sure of it you're sure <laughs> yeah I can't uh. wait for it all right well. so uh, see you next week with another adaptation of Les Liaisons Dangereuses that we're gonna enjoy very much oh yeah Thank you.